Welcome to the Embracing Courage podcast. My name is Jen and I'm your host. Currently, I am the category director for Society and Culture for Podcast Magazine. And I'm also a leader for Club Pod, the fastest growing club for podcasters on Clubhouse. Every week, I host a room for podcasters called Beyond the Microphone. And for the magazine, every month, I get to meet inspiring, amazing podcasters and share their story in the magazine. Their passion has been so inspiring and infectious that I didn't have a choice but to actually start my podcast. I'm delighted you're here. Let's go inside and let's get comfortable. Good afternoon. Well, it's Thursday afternoon, and I was inspired to record this episode because of my clubhouse experience last night. I actually had a room for mental health and self-improvement podcasters, and I had guests on the stage with me, uh, namely Rob Actis, Samara Hurley, Wayne Cole, and Melissa Bright, and Dr. Jennifer Shaw. And it was an open conversation, and we had questions from people in the room. And so after the room was over, I posted on Instagram some of the key takeaways from the speakers that were with me and from some of the questions that were asked from the people in the room. And two of the things that I took away and have kind of stuck with me and I guess was in my subconscious today was that when we have guests on our shows, that we are creating a sacred connection and sacred space with the people that we invite to be on our shows. And I have been inviting guests to my show and I will be recording starting next week with those guests and I will be adding guest interviews into this podcast And I think by sharing their stories, it's going to open up the doors, one, to spread more joy, hope, and be a demonstration of people that have courage and are standing up in their lives. I don't want to give too much away because I will be interviewing her next week. But yesterday for the magazine, I interviewed a woman who was so inspiring when she was telling me her podcast story and journey. And we had the best time. And she and I discussed it after the fact that we laughed a lot. And given that her podcast is about mental health, 
and she was sharing her journey, I told her that I felt a little guilty that we were able to laugh so much while she was sharing her story. And of course, that kind of tied into last night's room as well, because we had room in that, uh, we had fun in that room as well. And I think what I realized is that, yes, mental health, mental illness, it is a heavy topic, and there are heavy issues around it. But as we begin to heal and learn how to live with, if it's a diagnosis or a condition, etc., and remove the stigma and the shame associated with whatever mental illness or mental health issue that we have, then we get to invite the laughter and the joy and the happiness back into our lives. You know, there's a yin and a yang, there's light and there's dark, and we're not always going to be fully illuminated in the bright sun. There are going to be days when we may not want to get out of bed, we may not have the energy to brush our teeth or do the dishes or even comb our hair. And that's okay. It doesn't mean we're broken or there's something wrong with us. We just need to honor our bodies and our minds and our brains and relax. Now, of course, if you're going into days and weeks and months of that, that's an indicator that, you know, maybe we need to have something checked out. But, um, you know, as I add guests to the show, you know, this Embracing Courage is definitely not a replacement for getting therapy or for trauma dumping or anything like that. I am going to be very careful in my guest selection and will be having guests on that have been through their dark nights of the soul come out on the other side and are in a healthy state of mind in order to share. We all have moments when we will go back into our trauma or our past, but there is a way to share and support without taking it on ourselves. Um, I'll give an example. I started being a camp counselor relatively young. I attended a camp for several summers as an underprivileged child, and I fell in love with camps. And I found out that there was an opportunity to become a camp counselor in training for a camp that was dedicated to, I use the word differently, abled, um, rather than um, other words. And so for differently abled included children with autism, 
adults who were blind, grown-ups who had lead poisoning before lead was outlawed, and it ran the whole gamut of ages. I think our youngest was probably like five or six, and we had adults who were in their 60s and 70s, and I started doing that when I was 15, and I did that for... I don't know, five or six years, and I always looked forward to it. Um, it went from volunteer counselor and training to being like a reunion every summer for the counselors who came back year after year, and it's still one of my most favorite places to go, and I think Maybe once the pandemic is over, I will get to take my husband there and we will be able to share that experience together. But um, it was in California and just so beautiful. I saw the most amazing meteor shower there, the best one I've seen anywhere in the world. And it's still vivid to me. So anyway, back to the camp counselor. I think that is where I first started to learn empathy. And I'm not sharing my childhood experiences for this episode. But for me to go to this camp for six to eight weeks in the summer, it was a reprieve. I was outdoors in the mountains, fresh air with people I loved and the people who were attending the camp were so incredibly joyous and happy. They were enjoying themselves in the moment of being at camp. And some of them were living in group homes. Their families had long abandoned them. Um, some were institutionalized and then were able to get out. So I think looking back, that's really probably my first experience at seeing how people who from outward appearances a lot of people might feel sorry for or you know they have different reactions to people with different abilities or mental health issues and they can enjoy being in the moment and when you're around people that live in the moment joyously and happily and accept you unconditionally, it changes you. And from that experience, I actually got a job, my first job as a at a residential treatment center for children who were not able to live at home. And I happened to work with the five-year-old to 12-year-old group. And I was the night house mom. <laughs> and, you know, nights are hard for children that have experienced significant trauma 
in their lives. But I think about those boys still so many years later, and I wonder how they are, how they got on in life, and all of that. So I'm not really sure I haven't made the connection yet to these memories coming forward today and being part of this episode, other than thinking about sacred spaces and sacred connections. And I am a person that believes that the right people show up in my life when I need them. And that we can learn from everyone who comes across our path. I believe we're all interrelated and interconnected, some more intimately than others. But we're all people sharing the planet at the same time. So, you know, I don't know who needed to hear this today. I wasn't even going to actually record because I was kind of having a blah day after yesterday expending so much energy on my room and with the interview. I was pretty drained. It was a lot of energy for me to put myself out there. And, you know, Rob is so great and Samara is so warm and kind. And they're like, you know, you're doing fine. You're doing great. So it means a lot to me to have their support <laughs> in my room. There's so many things to do when you are leading a room, especially when the club is as large and as popular as it is. And we've got certain things that we need to say and do. And, you know, like I've mentioned on a previous episode, it, it's a push for me to be there and do this. But I also know that there's that little voice that's getting bigger and bigger inside of me and pushing up against the old me or the me that isn't wanting to be in the public limelight yet that I do have a message and I can help people and it's time. Um, I'll share this funny story. It's, I don't know that it's funny. Actually, it's not really that funny. I don't find myself to be a funny storyteller. <laughs> I'm not used to telling my story yet. Or, and I don't think that my stories are funny, but I love to laugh. So who knows? Maybe that's just one of those misguided thoughts about myself. Okay, so I, I was on Clubhouse today. And I went into a room because the topic was fascinating and intelligent and important. It was about the COVID vaccines and they had medical professionals from around the country and Europe and 
it was an open discussion where people could come share their stories. A woman shared her heartbreaking story of her recovery from COVID and the misdiagnosis that almost cost her her life. She was in a coma for 18 days. They said she had the flu and then they realized she had COVID. But anyway, um, when I came into the room, all of a sudden I got the little notification saying, inviting me to the stage and my heart literally stopped. There were nearly a thousand people in the room and I felt like literally that I had physically walked into a room and all of a sudden everybody stopped to turn and look at me. And I think that is the best way that I can explain the trigger of the anxiety. I mean, it is an audio app, but it's definitely visual. When you go into a room, people see you come into the room because it says so-and-so has joined. And so I sat there looking at it like, oh my God, they're looking at me. And then I was like, well, I actually wasn't in a place to get on the stage. And I almost ran out of the room, which I have found that I have been doing. So those of you, if you listen to my podcast and you see me pop in and pop out, sometimes it's because I can't hear and it gives me that red bar of death. But sometimes when I get invited to speak, I do leave quietly, but I'm really, I hit the leave quietly, but I'm really running away because I don't feel like I can be seen right then. So I know it's a weird thing, but that's, that's my experience. So anyway, I, I, I was like, and obviously it's, it's not real because the doctors and the people in this room, they didn't stop their conversation. Nobody stopped to look at me. It wasn't real. But in my mind, that's how I experience it. And so uh, somebody who was in the room after I declined the getting on stage, I actually got the little notice that now somebody is following me. And I was like, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) my heart skipped a beat again. And I was like, this is, it was like almost too much. So anyway, um, I actually haven't been on the app since I left that room. And, you know, I've been processing some of this information and experience, which is all unique. I have resisted, um, Facebook lives. I have resisted Instagram reels. And when I say resisted, there's a part of me that wants to do it. Um, I was on Periscope early when 
some people got on and I loved it. I loved being on there. I loved listening and watching. And I look at some of the people that were on Periscope. I was actually watching Nicole Walters the day she quit her job. I was on her Periscope that day. And I still remember that. I remember when Tiffany Lee Bymaster made a conscious decision and choice that she was going to do a Periscope every day for 90 days. And she did it. And look where she is now. Look where Nicole Walters is now. She has her own show on USA Network. Like, they did it. They jumped. They leaped and embraced the technology. And I guess I'm doing that with Clubhouse. I love it. (laughs) It's fun. But it also, you know, points out some of the things that I haven't necessarily undertaken yet. And so, of course, now that I'm starting my podcast, I have to think about marketing. Well, the marketing strategies for podcasts include Instagram Reels, Instagram Lives, Instagram Stories, using my Facebook page for the podcast. So, and even creating a YouTube channel, which means at some point that I'm going to have to take that step to having some photographs taken of me that I feel comfortable sharing and making some videos. So it's interesting, everything that's coming up, and it's exciting. And I'm going to push myself. And if I tell you, whoever you are listening, that I'm going to do it, then I'm making a commitment to myself and to you. So um, I am not sure if I have one listener or maybe I have 10 now. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, I would love if you are listening, if you send me a message on Instagram, or if you even... I can't say what podcasters are supposed to say yet, but (laughs) if you feel so inclined, you can leave a review and I'm not going to read any of them yet because if I get any negative ones, I will, I'm not prepared for that. So I'm not going there. And so Anyway, this is my longest episode. Oh my God, I just looked. It's 22 minutes. And as with the other ones, I am not going to edit this. I'm going to put it up as it is. And I hope that something I said in here is helpful to someone. Um, If you feel sad, you're not alone. If you feel anxious, you are not alone. If you need help, there are many hotlines 
that you can talk to somebody for free. And, you know, please seek help if you need it. And I am here. I'm holding sacred space for you. And I look forward to us connecting in the future. And I'm very excited to add in guests very shortly. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Embracing Courage. I'm here to hold space for you and celebrate your wins. We are all on a journey of discovery and each of us shines uniquely bright. There's always joy, hope, and courage. Until next time, safe travels. <laughs>